All right, so I had a goal for 2017 to interview two artists. I mean, I'll name names. I'm not being messy here. Just, you know, saying their names. Uh, I had a goal to interview Dame Funk, but he's, you know, probably just out of my reach, you know, and just inaccessible, if you will. And I had a goal to interview Iman Omari. Uh, that didn't quite pan out either. I have his phone number. You know, we, we've communicated a little bit, but it just... You know, hasn't happened. Anyone who knows me uh, would know that this interview you're about to hear is definitely like some bucket list shit for me. Um, you know, 2009, Tehran Ketchup. I mean, that was one of the. I mean, I have a whole, you know, past episode of Thursday Throwbacks just about that album, but that was an album that really uh, meant a lot to me, if you will. Uh, you know, my my ex from that time period who doesn't fuck with me at all. Um, from around 2009 years, she don't fuck with me at all. She can attest that, you know, we were on that album, you know, living below the poverty line, trying to figure life out. But we were fucking with that album heavy, um, you know, so... Yeah, man, this is just, you know, some bucket list shit for me. From there, I went, you know, by association, if I'm a Tehran nigga, then I'm a Aomari nigga, too. And, yeah, just, I was really big on, like, whatever they were doing. Like, low-key, very obsessive over uh, ketchup. Like, that was really my shit. And I uh, met them super briefly, just said what's up to them at, I want to say this was 2010, uh, South by Southwest. They were like standing outside of a venue, some some venue at South by Southwest. Like I said, what's up to them? They look like surprised that anybody knew who they were. But yeah. Um, so fast forward, uh, 2015. I developed this podcast, this idea where you know I talk to people that I kind of have access to, that I'm a fan of, about their music and their careers and. Now 2017, uh, the day after Christmas this was recorded, uh, you know, they were gracious enough to give me about an hour of their time, so I really appreciate that. Thank you uh, to them. Interview was recorded, if you hear like a lot of noise in the background, at a place called Simply Wholesome. It's like a L.A. staple. Uh, here goes some more name dropping. Uh, that day I saw Kyle Maddock, the video director who I know, uh, Patrick Page from the internet, band who I don't know I mean he follows me on Twitter I'm just name dropping niggas who follow me now uh, but yeah I don't know him like I haven't met him in person and I wasn't about to you know run up on him on some groupy shit like oh nigga you follow me what's good huh? shout out him uh, shout out Calmatic who I do know uh, they, they were like kicking it together but I still wasn't gonna you know run up on niggas while they eating and shit um, you know saw my family so my friends and shit like simply hope that was my first time there simply wholesome was like a pretty popular place so in the same day my family my friends Toronto and Omari, because of me of course uh, recording that interview patrick page from the internet calmatic and just fine ass woman uh anyway check out simply wholesome if you're ever in the la area so here goes uh the interview happy new year to everybody Hope your new year was safe, you know, no DUIs, no overdosing from, you know, anything. 
I don't know if you, you know, doing edibles or if you do stronger drugs than that. I just hope everybody made it to the other side to see 2018. If you're listening to this, tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm always, you know, trying to keep the content out here, trying to rep the quote unquote culture, trying to keep it moving. All right. As long as I have the inspiration. So thank you again, Toronto and Omari. Listeners do enjoy. If you're unfamiliar with them, you're going to hear some really dope music today. And a decent interview, if I do say so myself. All right. Peace. And, you know, let's get it in 2018. I want everybody to win. Even niggas who may not even care for me. All right. Peace. So what do you have on? Karan. DJ Low Key. Catch up, man. That's catch up. Now let's talk about style. My style's wilder. Jean with a prior. Clean out the dryer. Steam. Gangster. Lean like the tower of Pisa. Do it for the cream. Yeah, the briars. A ching. Catch us in the lab. Cooking up classics. Top of the game. Yeah, you looking up at us. Cross that line. You'll be pushing up. Daffy. Deals. Ill. I'm booger lump nasty. Murder for hire. Kill rappers for a living. Call on buff. I got the answer like the pistol. A-I-A-O, Mari, T-I-R-O-N Yeah, we all go in like children when the street lights came on at night This is everyday life, I'm the same on the mic It's alright, Rick Allen, no left I'm so deaf, leopard and rocket so fresh Fresh, fresh one of a kind, kind of a diamond Shining in the rough and love with every cut Like running man on the side though Besides, they already puppet and they ride so fly I am fresher than a freezer full of fruit And the style got them juice Or Renthal James in the booth So flame the mythos if you got them Cause if it's a problem, child I'll try and rid of you Red-headed stepchild, get rid of you Send you down a river in the inner two just kidding around with it Cause I ain't got shit to prove to you So please move, move, bitch And quit trying to pigeonhole Cause you pigeon-toe Can't step in the shit And I'm deaf like 85, 86, 87, 88, 89 and up Yup Like it, hell if I give a damn. Feeling my damn Nikes as cool as a ceiling fan. Heart and all the cockiness I'm spewing. I give a small taste and afterwards to say screw it. View it as a person that only cares about the Buicks, the lacks, Oldsmobile, sports on wheels. In fact, the diamonds in the back, sunroof top. Digging in the scene, boy, my clothes so mean If I spread my wings, I might drop a few feathers But better know no bird droppings, dropping on this leather Yeah, I only know South, South Side Shy South Central shit was even raised in the A So I guess you could say that I'm a South kind of guy Why your bitch say I'm fly? And I'm deaf like 85 And there a nigga say I'm whacking, keep a straight face Is you kidding me? Thursday throwback from here with uh, special guests. Introduce yourselves. Uh, 
yo, what's up? My name is Teron. What's up, what's up? My name is A. Omari. All right, thank y'all for uh, coming through. Right uh, let's see here. So, y'all are from uh, outside of Chicago and Atlanta originally, like, correct? Yeah. How did y'all end up in L.A.? Well, um, well Teron kind of... Family moving yeah. around. That's how I ended up out here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, family getting into shit. Um, you know, okay. growing up. All that, all that weird, all type shit, you know what I'm saying? And they ended up out here floating around, went to like three different schools for sixth grade, you know, moved all around, and then ended up in L.A. Okay. Same story? No, well, I was born in Chicago. Okay. Uh, moved down to Georgia around third grade. Okay. Uh, we actually met when I still lived in Georgia. He lived out in L.A. We met on Yahoo Chat. Right. Yeah, this was like back in 2002. Yeah, it was it was a minute ago. It was like early early social media days where we just go in the chat room and just talk on the computer microphone and you just talking to people like right. around the world. And it's like the first time this happened. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. So I ended up eventually after I graduated high school, I ended up going out to the Bay Area for school for college, sound engineering. And then when I got out there, Toronto hit me. It was like, yo, and I rolled down, rolled down to LA, hopped on the Amtrak, and then started making trips and. That's how we started Just kept making music. We kept kept stacking up joints after that. So, like your earliest music, like I've been a fan since uh, Handshakes and Pounds, Ketchup and all that. Uh, so it seemed like your earliest music had like more of like an innocent kind of approach to it. What would you say you learned about like? You said innocent. Like yeah, like okay. just the process of making music. And right, all that. right. Like what would you say you learned about like not only you know the music game but like life since then? Um, now that you you know established more established in the game. I think it's more. For me, I think what I've learned the most is like learning what to do and what not. Like, I mean, obviously just getting better, you know, learning new things and learning new uh, uh, techniques and how to make music. Because at one point it was just, okay, let's just make music just to make music. But then it was like, once I put out something and I realized how people were listening to it and like how they were receiving the message, I was like, oh. Then I became more aware of like what I want to talk to people about. Before it was just like, I just want to talk. Now it's like, oh, I want to talk about something. I want to talk for someone. I think that's what I've learned just as the, as I've been making music. In the beginning, wasn't nobody listening. And once people start listening, they start telling you about what they heard. And then it's like, oh, okay, I really have to not only know what I'm talking about, but um, be able to know it and be able to speak about it at nausea just like how me and you are talking right now to be able to talk about why I wrote a specific song just you know I, being more more aware more um, yeah. open yeah being more aware of um, your fan base you know the type the type of effects you have on people uh, themes that people relate to that you talk about uh, you know that's definitely been part of the learning process Le learning new um, skills so you can maintain your, your your creative spark because the thing what happens is that in the beginning you you know you're kind of new to the game fish out of water not even the game but just in terms of making music it's more it's very experimental it's, it's very like throw it at the wall see what sticks and, and you're just having fun and creating it. Pull me up and pass the cup and get drunk cause I'm drinking
hijack or I'm gonna start a riot And I don't want ice, it better start a fire If I put a lighter up close to it and ignite it And I like how it tastes I like it when I stumble and trip and spill it all over the fucking place And I might look dumb, I might look stupid Watch me turn right around like I didn't do it And I'm back to the bar, take a couple car bombs Then set sail like hardy hard hard Bartender, Miss Bartender can I get a free shot off of ya? Hey y'all, I promise you I'm cool I promise you I'm chill And I won't try to get behind the wheel But I won't promise that I won't Fill up on a chick on a sly And watch another guy get hit in his eye Cause I'm, I'm drunk, I'm drunk And a couple rum and coats Stumbling around Mumbling my words Speaking in slurs Like an OG Raised in the Jeep So I'm so buzzed I'm so wasted I'm so facing a fan When I see it Damn it's so hot But that won't stop me Now I'm talking to my drinks Like it won't drop me And I'm flirting with the bartender Now I won't get none But she playing to it Cause she knows she about to get some ones A couple of fives Twenty if she lucky But not on purpose Damn And I can stand up But I'm leaning a little if I leave in the PD, smelling on my breath, and I'm punkin' drug lick. And that's when I drunk down and text the homies like, pick me up, cause I'm drunk. I'm drunk. certain patterns that you stick to you find and this works so I'm gonna do this but then you know over a while and that and this applies outside of music applies to any skills you learn you'll hit a glass ceiling you know what I'm saying so maintaining that that throw it against the wall mentality that you had as a kid as a child being right. open like keep you know, learning trying new stuff you yeah know, it's very important you know if you want to do something for longevity you know, so that, I think that just in life too you know, learn the, the the key to life. It seems to be is learn as much shit as possible. Right. And, you know, navigate through life. School never stops. Right. Never stops. Okay. So, uh, Amari with the PB and J solution, uh, it was like it seemed like not not really all over the place, but like you had a lot of different uh, influences, if you will, like on that project. Everything from you know East Coast hip hop, you know neo soul, you name it. Um, like, what were your I guess what were some of your musical influences, you know, with that, well, with that yeah. project? Well, definitely um, growing up in growing up in a household full of a lot of soul music, you know, alternative music, rock music. My mom listened to a wide range of things. My father was is a musician, so you know, I got introduced to a lot of jazz and a lot of other different styles of music from him, him as well. Um, so I was always kind of just invested, you know, engaged into music, and neo soul was. I was definitely into that when it came out. In hip hop, my mom actually 
was kind of the one that introduced me to hip hop. You know, she put me up on Master P and Tupac and all of these other people. My brother was heavy into it. He rapped too. He was like Prodigy times two. <laughs> but um, yeah, all of that has uh, influenced me for sure. You know, playing playing instruments <clears throat> as a kid growing up here and there. With the PB and J though, it was more so a mixtape. So a lot of that music, some of that music was created years prior to the to the release yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. Album, you know, like, like the song "I Wanna," which is, I did a video for. Um, that was I, like your catch-up, low-key. Yeah, yeah. It was just a bunch of songs that I had that Teron helped me put together. He's like, he just he helped me put together the, put together the narrative of you know for that 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 made sense for the album. Of someone someone going growing up in their twenties and stuff and just trying to figure out. You know how to make that transition into adulthood yeah like we did a couple new records but for the most part he had already had a lot of these songs just lying around and we just kind of put them all together and then yeah. and it was all it was just basically a part of the same narrative that i was talking about so like it was almost it made sense as to why we knew each other when you heard both of those albums right like i always felt like body language should have been like a radio hit
ground Riding up on it now Feeling touch and grooving as we moving up in the crowd Tell by her body language She know what I am thinking Ain't nobody grind up on your body like I mean it All up on her I'm rubbing oh, She get closer I love oh, it So high now I'm like uh, Got me moving my tongue And my dog and yes I is But so far I'm like what Gonna plan a crusade So I can conquer her wood From the feel of a touch Am I doing too much Why she twerking like ooh I'ma do what I do And my dog and yes I is But so far I'm like yeah Gonna plan a crusade So I can conquer her yes self-aware to be like I'm gonna make a radio hit I was just making what I was into right okay um so y'all have been around for a minute like tell me about some of you know your early memories from you know I guess what you would call you know the, the LA renaissance 2009 2010 where everybody was coming up around the same time um I think it was well, we used to we used to run a blog called the exactly okay it, it was it was the exactly.net and um we basically started this blog because it was so much music coming out. Right. It was really hard to kind of put your own stuff out or get get out. Mm-hmm. So we was like, we're going to create our own blog and put our own shit out. But instead of it being the Tehran and Aomari blog, we used to always say exactly. So we Googled a picture. We went on Google and, and, and typed in Z-A-C-K okay. space L-E-E, like Zach Lee. And we found a picture of this old white dude who did like insurance. Okay. And we had the homie draw him, and then that became the mascot for that website. Okay. So it was like this old 50-year-old white dude talking about hip-hop. And wrote, like, we wrote all of the posts from like this narrative, this like real jokey kind of narrative. Um, so really around a lot, a lot of that time, it was just, we was getting... You know, uh, not even I wouldn't even say demos, but like people would send us stuff because they was trying to get on our website. Right. So like Christian Rich, basically just we were sharing a lot of um, you know music that because that was also in the days where everybody was downloading like crazy. So like you would meet a lot of people because of like music that they might have that you didn't have we, it was like a lot of sharing of music going on around that time so that's how I met like 
a lot of people was they had Dilla beats that I didn't have. So that's how I met the dudes from Pac Div. Like they drove right. down from Palmdale, or like likewise drove down from Palmdale because I had a Dilla beat CD that he didn't have. Right. So really, a lot of that was just sharing knowledge and sharing like, you know, geeking out on underground music. And yeah, Teron introduced me to like a lot of people on this on the LA scene. Like, I remember one of my first visits down here from the Bay after I moved. He took me to this thing called Press Play Party. Okay. And basically, it was just like all of the dopest like up and coming producers in LA. So, fifteen hundred and nothing was there. Right. Uh, James Fontenoy, isn't it? Who was a part of fifteen hundred and nothing? Obviously, uh, plus the BJ Chicago kid was there. Was he there? Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Um, some of the other people there. Who else was some of the people Sticks. there? Sticks. Well, uh, Watts. Uh, Sticks from Watts. He used to be up in there. Um, Ty. Okay. Uh, Brian Warfield, half of the Fisticuffs, who produced for like Janae and everybody. Okay. Like, so it was just every. Because like I feel like in the West Coast, after, like at, the only things that was really kind of going in the West Coast, if you can remember. A lot of it was just like either like gangster rap, like post pop, and then Eminem blew up, and then Dr. Dre kind of, you know, uh, uh, like it was a window open where it was like, okay, let's put out Gang, and let's put out like now that the West Coast is kind of buzzing, but for the most part, a lot of the underground, more abstract kind of stuff wasn't really popping in the city like that. You know what I'm saying? Like if you was in the city. A lot of the what they would they would call then weirdo, a lot of that shit wasn't really popping. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, shouts out to like Blue Collar and there was and, and, and even Jay Davy before us. Like it was always like this eclectic movement going on, but a lot of it wasn't sharing the same audience. So I think that's what kind of started to happen as a result of just all of this music coming out. You started to hear about. Like, that's how I found out about Sarah and all these mm -hmm. other people. It was just so much. I was like, hold on, Sarah, they're from L.A.? Like, how did I not know this? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was just, so, I think, like, once, the once like, Kazaa and Morpheus right. and, you know, Napster and all this, once that shit started to happen, right. you, you started meeting the people who was up on shit that you never would have heard right. of. For sure. Y'all familiar with Salty? Who? Soul Seek. Soul Seek? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the site? The site. Yeah. It's still cracking. For real? It's, it's, it's still cracking. I mean, you remember I mean? Uh, I don't think I used that. I am E. Yeah, I remember it. I don't that think I used it. One. That was uh, the one. That was the one. Audio but, um, Galaxy. Audio Galaxy, definitely. But yeah, in the early days, it was just people talking about music. Not right. necessarily talking about blowing up and making millions of dollars. And right. It was just really a lot of people who was just fascinated with the sounds. Yeah. And fascinated with the idea that you could find music so so easy now. It's so different, easy, different from what you hear. Yeah. Alright, so uh what oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, just so in a lot of those early days it was just meeting up with the homies to press play on new music that we heard. Okay. See, that's how it used to be. Back then it was like you pull up and show somebody a song that you found. Now it's like we pull up to show our own music. You know what I mean? So what was behind the decision to go from, you know, solo acts that just work together, you know, that, you know, y'all work tight next to, to officially forming a group? Well, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it was, um, it really was just uh, our chemistry. Okay. Around the time we were making a lot of records that the subject matter dealt with, like what people call everyday man kind of right. stuff, like the gray area that was kind of like, that exists 
in relationships between men and women, right. you know, because typically, you know, when you hear the song about a woman from a man, it's usually in this, in this world of love, and it's like, it's really, right. like, deep, and it's, you're not talking about, like, my wingman and me, like, going to right. pick up a, going to pick up a girl, talking about, um, Sydney, you know. He's basically just putting on for, like, the every, like, because I guess when people look at, you know, television and they see black people, it's like, how are they represented? Oh, well, they either represent it this way or that way. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it was more like, well, not not everybody is the same. So it was like, let's talk about some of the other things that a black male in his 20s might go through. You know what I'm saying? It's not all like everything ain't all good and everything ain't all bad. Sometimes shit is interesting. Sometimes shit is weird, you know? So I think that's like, I think that's kind of what drove us a lot of the and as far as like our sound just sharing like the black man experience and all of the songs we were doing together were ended up being the popular some of the most popular songs that we would put out and we was like man we should just do a project right you know 2011 came out uh, we did this song what you waiting on shot a video one shot video running down the street uh, changing clothes busing you know that was real popular that same year we released we released um, uh, the prelude to Sucker for Pumps, which you know we put all the songs that we ever did together on one project, plus some stuff that we didn't release, and we followed that up shortly with an EP, which we did out in overseas in Sweden, and then we dropped the album and you know just smashed. Celebrate, trying to party up. Party up. Na, 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 party up. Party up. Na, 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 na. We wanna do is party and bullshit and party and party. Na, 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 party up. Party up. Na, 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 na. We wanna do is bullshit and party and bullshit. Nobody knows how many more minutes to go So go ahead, go ahead, go in Moet, Moet, my mercy me And I don't know if this is how it's supposed to be But I like it, so why? 
I think that's what it was, it's just finding somebody that you that inspires you to keep doing different shit. So I mean it's not necessarily that there won't be a, a Tehran solo album and there won't be an AO solo album. I think you'll probably get both of those pretty soon. But I think it's just we were just learning so much together that it just made sense to just keep kind of throwing out this brand and this sound that we wanted to kind of get out. And if what better way to do that than do it as a team? Okay, so talk to me about the the EP and Carlos Historia. Like, how did that how did that uh, come to be? The EP? Yeah, uh, the, the sweet one and Carlos Historia. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we were in um, like we got booked for or I got booked for a show in Sweden okay. with Blue. Okay. And then Omari came. He came out. So it was like, okay, well, we gonna do some of our songs too. And then when we were outside, when we were out in Sweden, like um, we met this producer who we were uh, staying with at the time, and he was dope. And um, I feel like they won, they won the contest because I did. I put out the mustard uh, acapellas, right? And I was like, yo, whoever makes the craziest one, you know, uh, we can do some shit. And they did it. And they did my. They did the craziest. They won the contest essentially. Right. And then we went out to Sweden and randomly stayed with one of them. And then we're like, yo, man, every time we we're in a spot overseas, we should do an album, like a quick... It took us maybe like seven days to do that album. Okay. But it was just like, man, we're just going to do an album, knock it out. It was like three days. Was it really? <laughs> it was like three days. It was three days, Omari said. But yeah, it was just um, kind of some uh, spur of the moment, um, stream of consciousness music. We was writing about a lot of the moments that we was having when we was out there, and we just decided we was like, uh, you know, what is the pop, the most, one of the most popular movies in Swedish um, cinema okay. is this, is that story. Okay. So like we, and because we had already been working on a Sucker for Pumps, we were like, okay, well let's put out this, you know, this little early project to kind of like get people ready for like the relationship songs that we was gonna do on Sucker for Pumps. So that's how the. the, the Shout out to Stardia. It was some some comfort food. So shouts out to Fred. Yeah. Cause that's the boy. And Anders. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was uh -huh. dope. Okay, so uh, a sucker for pumps was very woman friendly, if you will. Uh -huh. um, you know, compared to just a lot of the music, you know, about women. Like you know, a lot, a lot of hip hop doesn't paint women in the best light, uh -huh. or what have you. Um, so what inspired that, and how was it received, you know, by men? Cause I was being a dickhead to I was being a dickhead to women. Oh, okay. <laughs> to be honest, that's where a lot of, you know, it was a lot of fuck ups that okay. inspired that album. A lot of objectivity and standing back and looking back, forgiving certain situations. Right. And, you know all that all that kind of stuff. Um, 
it was it was like it, was, it just got to a point where I kept hitting this, doing this. I kept getting involved in the same shit. Right. And I was like, wait. Like, you know, sometimes you got to step back and really figure out, like, you know, why your relationships are the way they are. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think it was just a lot. It was a lot of growing up, basically. Sure. And plus, we realized that it wasn't a lot of people talking about that kind of shit. Right. So it wasn't a lot of men who could, like, who was being honest about the union you know what I'm saying it was always like either fuck bitches get money or it was on like you know super romantic I'll buy right. you this that and the third but it was like nah there's real problems that you know people that, that we come across in relationships that we as young men should be able to talk with each other about like beyond you know what I'm saying beyond nah man we gonna fuck that bitch we gonna we gonna make you feel feel better and we can go to uh, you know uh, find another one Right. I think that's kind of the culture that I grew up with anyway was like if you get your heart broken instead of trying to you know uh, grow from it it's oh man let's go get fucked up or right. let's go find another one right. you know that kind of shit so it was kind of I think that's kind of what it was about it was really just kind of like therapy for not only me but anybody that might be listening to it that might have needed a little objectivity beyond, you know, curse this woman. Right. Or beyond, you know, or beyond I love this woman. Sometimes, you know, love is complicated. So we just want to show how complicated it can be. And like we, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we had already been making songs that was in, in that vein that we found that people really liked. So we was like, you know, we should really expound on these subjects that we'll be talking about and really flesh it out and do a whole project. Hey, yo, I spotted that body before you turn the corner. Her thighs all disrespect, though. Amazing, Mayflower wavy, crazy Can't be the drink cause I'm sober Holy Moses, you more fine in the morning mimosa Mama, 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 me a girl, you doper than dope was I ever could be, could you please turn around so I can see that Ugh, would've been a shame if I didn't get a name Nigga, digga, da dang, da dang, nigga, digga, bang Digga, digga, da bang, da bang, digga, bang She looking good, uh, 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 uh Flies was on the toes, guys, a real killer, for realer She really no filler, for realer, for realer I dig it, uh, uh, I can't a nigga hang with ya Swing with ya and things, get on the same page Be on the same line, be the word next to the word You be, be on my dang mind, you oh so bang
Bang diggy bang the bang the bang the dang She ain't the same, the dame insane Yep man, why ain't you married? You ride, you ride, you bear Mariah Midas is obviously killing them other chicks Every attire is fire heavy, baby Yo, let me breaking bodies body in Hollywood pants And anybody, and I mean anybody Ain't up on you, gonna kick yourself Shit, don't with yourself, you're oh so banging From the free throw line, no line That you can think of, can't keep up with her flyness Not even a Isley brother, but I remind Would be dumb if I was quiet and mumbled all of my ideas Instead I'm trying to whisper in your ear like Normally I don't do this, but you the cutest And true this is inappropriate, but see my mood is Alluding to some men you shit, can see your house so bang, bang. I think men liked it a lot. Okay. A lot of men liked it because it I think it was sappy. A, it wasn't right. sappy, <laughs> right? It was real. It was, it was like this ain't this is this is for the album. The album was about boys and girls, written for men and women. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we all act like boys and we all like that like little girls sometimes. You know what I'm saying? In relationships, we do immature things. We view things in an immature light, which sometimes might make us jump the gun on certain things, which might make us, you know, retreat and become very defensive in certain situations. But we're all trying to grow up and get through that. So I felt like a lot of people listened to it and was like, I've been, I've been going through similar to the same thing. But not in a not in a corny way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like damn, that's some real shit. So... I think we just had a lot, we had a lot of damn, that's some real shit moments right. on the album. And I think that's why people gravitated toward it so much. Plus, it was, must have been a lot of breakups, too. And I feel like that's Man. that's a cash crop, because people is always getting their bro- heart broken, right. or they're always right. in love. So no matter love, what, right. so no matter what, if you speak about love, t- love is timeless, period. You can always make music about love. We definitely had people break up. We didn't have people get married to that. We, had, we definitely had people get broke, break up and steal the CD from their partner, right. but also get married to the song. So it's, I think it was just, just talking about love. Again, that's something that's timeless. And I think that resonates with everybody, if you talk about it honestly. Right. Okay. Um, so y'all worked a bunch uh, with Anderson Pop. What has it been like to see this come up? Just incredible. Like watching, just makes sense. Why exactly? That's really what it was. It's like it just makes perfect sense. He always been dope. Always. That's how it always is. And it, yeah, and it's dope because, like, watching people like light up when they see it. It's like exactly like it's it's one of those things where it's like that's how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know if that makes sense. Just somebody who's like all around solid. Right. It's like that's yeah. how, that's that's, that's how it's supposed to look. Right. That's what it's supposed to look like. So it's definitely been amazing watching um that Malibu album. Right. Just everything. He, 
shit he has coming out. Like, I'm just excited for him. Mm-hmm. Really, a lot. It's a lot of people, though. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's a lot of dope people out. And he seems to be the exact same person. You know what I'm saying? In terms of his work ethic. And just... He's just more of what he always was. Period. Which is dope. <laughs> okay, so... The Great New Wonderful. It had, like, more of... I guess you would say, like, an acoustic feel, if you will. Like, with the guitars and everything. Uh, like, what made y'all decide to go, like, in that direction? For that project? Uh, you you want, you want to go ahead? I, I, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, I started playing guitar, really. Yeah, yeah, it's, really like the, yeah it's a learning process, yeah. I think. Uh, we were saying earlier, like, learning new things in order to stay, you know, stay engaged with your, you know, your, your creativity. Like, Shouts so out to the homie James, too, James Fauntleroy. Okay. Like, he plays guitar, and he was right. always telling me, he's like, yo, like, your writing can become much stronger if you pick up a guitar. Like, the writing on guitar is really... Like, he, he kind of, like, yeah. nudged me in the right direction, and then the homie Tom... Sorry for losing your, your Yamaha guitar, your early <laughs> college hood he guitar. guitar. He let me he let it. me borrow it and I accidentally lost it. So, um, but he 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 was saying the same thing and I, and watching that the, like his um, sensibilities is, or his ideas as as it pertains to writing were different than mine and they were different than mine in like this catchy pop way right. and I was like man if I could figure out like why you do the, why you make those choices. It would, it would help. Um, it would broaden my palette, right. so so to speak. It would give me more colors to play with as I explain my story on this earth. So we were also in this interesting place where, you know, a lot of the people we were trying to work with, you know, like you know, a lot of producers, producers and stuff, the energy just wasn't right and stuff, and it didn't seem like the, the mutual respect was there, and and maybe it was like. You know, just a, a sign. You know, the universe telling us like, "Yo, it's time for y'all to learn something new. It's time for y'all to, because y'all could do this you, you, by yourself." Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily need these people. I understand you want to work with these people, and they're dope. But if you don't have that opportunity, that doesn't take away from what you're capable of doing yourself. And that was another thing too, like with um, uh, the Great and Wonderful. That was the first album that we produced. Right. Like from beginning to end. Whereas like a sucker for pumps, we had worked with Dahi, we worked with, you know, Odyssey, Anderson's on there, we worked with who? Exile. DK, Exile, like there's a lot of different producers on that album. Um this uh for the Great and Wonderful, we were like we wanted to be more hands-on because like I started writing on the guitar way more, like I started trusting myself a whole lot with, and then it, we had, we were always kind of producing, you know what I mean? Like we would get, you know, two tracks, or we would just get like maybe the beat, but we were doing all the editing and like, and it's always been that way since Mustard and since Ketchup. Exactly. See, I'm talking to her homegirl. And now you like the nation. You understand? I'm trying to get that, so I need you to handle that. I got you. Cool. All right, good luck. Look, have you ever met a chick? Slim waist with a Coke bottle frame. Pretty face, and she only takes sips. Drinks light and got a real cool cane. She got a job and she holding down school too. And through it all, she got a crib she can cruise to. I asked the waiter for a. She said, I got that. Jukebox playing Marvin in the background. All right, I'm back now. But she on a cell texting. 
homegirl across the room with her nose up. Mad she ain't got a nigga she can phone up. So she tryna cock block something like Vladi in the paint. Riding with it, I ain't, but I keep it cool. I get the homie to kick it with her, shoot a game of pool. Because she on me and I can't let her get away. And the way things are going, she might let me say, Hey, 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 yo, you got me, homie. I got you. Nah, for real, you got me, brother. I said, I got you, brother. My girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Hey, 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 yo, you got me, homie. I got you. Nah, for real, you got me, sir. I said, I got you, dog. My girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Hey, hey, I guess I gotta play by the rules. Kick a little game, shoot a little pool, and it's cool. Rack him up, grab a stick, and I'll keep her attention while he mack his chick. In the back of my mind, she ain't that fine. But the girl the homie talking to is a dime, ten. Shit, I'll even let her win. Compliment her smile, play punch her on the chin. Get right behind her, show her how to sink it in. And the whole damn time thinking, when is this go in? Ugh. But I'll let my wings span, do the walking. Kick game, shoot pool till they all in. Wait till the homie done talking. Even get her number. Tell her that I'm calling. Tell her that she's sexy. Even though I'm lying. I bet she think I like her. I'm just killing time. Hey yo, you got me, homie. I got you. Nah, for real, you got me, brother. I said I got you, brother. My girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Hey, yo, you got me, homie. I got you. Nah, for real, you got me, sir. I got you, dog. My girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Girl got a girlfriend. Like, we've always been the ones that were editing these songs, making sure that the vocals sounded the way they did, and, you know, lightweight mixing. So we kind of just took it a step further, like, oh, let's actually produce the whole shit from top to bottom. Shouts out to Specs, he was definitely there with us for that ride as well. Yeah. Okay, so so producing everything like in-house, uh, do you find that makes like the, I guess the whole end process like more cohesive? Yeah, You know, when, you, when you're done? Okay. Yep. Absolutely. That's the, yeah. that's probably one of the dopest things about it, is that you're not, you're not, you're not trying to piece together a bunch of different sounds. Right. You're going in and working on one sound. You know what I'm saying? And getting one, it's like if you're writing a paper, like make it all be, right. it needs to all flow from beginning to end. Like you can't. Right, and another way in which it kind of related to like the album, because the, the, the Great New Wonderful's album about like uh, being able to tap into to your zone, you know, and, and, and tune out all of the negativity that's around you, that throws you out, all the different external stresses and forces that we all deal with from day to day just being able to be in that that zone like, so and I think us learning how to learning new things with like diving into production or diving the guitar you know uh, it's, it's it's us trying you know learning to trust ourselves us trying to overcome the fear of learning something new which a lot of a lot of people deal with we all deal with you know and I think that thing you know as we were you know creating an album that was based around it we were also experiencing it in real life but yeah, that was definitely coming up. I was gonna ask like, what was uh, the meaning behind it, the new album? Uh, what was the meaning behind it? Like the the title. Oh, the it's basically album. the opposite of the great new. Oh, the great the wonderful new wonderful trip. Or the wonderful Eagles. Yeah. Like it was basically it's basically the opposite of the great new wonderful. Like the great new wonderful is this cheery place, the place that you know nothing bothers me. I'm gonna do my best, and everything is happy, and everything is all love. This is the 
the way wet the wonderful ego trip is the complete opposite it's when you don't have the umbrella you're no longer in the great and wonderful you're getting wet the wonderful ego trip wet so it was uh really just playing and using our logo to the fullest and showing the other side of what life is which isn't all smiles it's not all ups sometimes we ego tripping each other as, as you can see we've elected you know what i'm saying like everybody ego trips on everybody and um i think to understand it on like a, a large aspect you have to respect that it's also in you you know what i'm saying like you can't necessarily get mad at you know the powers that be for using their ego when you use your ego in whacked out ways every day it kind of it kind of it, it's a centered we're centering album we're all products of the same shit you know what i'm saying some you know uh flex and they're more responsible for you know more people but like you know i'm still responsible for the people that i interact with and, and whether or not i'm gonna ego trip on them or make them feel inferior and have the superiority complex over them you know what i'm saying um so i think it's just a self-reflective album and uh that's kind of what inspired us to make it right yeah something we was also experiencing in life like right dealing with a lot of you know bullshit that comes with being and having a music career right you know you know a lot of um you know empty you know empty promises fake work man you know like and that's and la for you you know right so navigating that getting more into production and you know i'm picking up piano okay him furthering you know guitar and it just helped, you know, create this album because we was experiencing a lot of this stuff. And we had, you know, also been a part of it. You know, we've also expressed, you know, a lot of these sentiments on album ourselves. Like, Chivalry is dead. Like, we've so all been, I've been yeah. that guy plenty of times. Right, right. Why do drills? 
I try to build? What's the point of having skills? Skills, plenty time to chill When you're sleeping, time to kill When you speak instead of being body, body Cloudy, cloudy with a chance to change Readjust the frame Read about it, read about it And repeat the same, same, same Incredible to me. I just thought at the time when it came out, of course, Neo Soul right. was like really just starting to reach critical mass around the time he came out. But he 
he wasn't quite as like left as D'Angelo. Right. But he wasn't like no um uh what's his name? Um Glenn um Glenn Lewis? Glenn Lewis. Uh, Glenn Lewis is hard. Glenn Lewis had one song. <laughs> I played that album like once or twice. It was hard from what I recall. He got some he has some like okay. Glenn Lewis has some shit, but wasn't he on the case for that album? Nah, I think that was Craig David. That was all the guy. Okay, Craig David. But yeah, yeah. I just think like a lot of the subject matter that music was talking about in that song was like very clever. Like I, I would actually like, and our our album was up for pumps. It, it, it you know, it, it's reminiscent to that album to me in the sense of like how he could talk about the relationship between man and woman in such clever ways and such you know. Like he finds moments that we all experience, and he brought it to life through his writing and stuff. But he also made it sound cool. It was still hip hop. It was still banging. Uh, Dre Harris produced a lot of it. It was classic, man. Okay, you prefer his cover of "Settle for My Love" or the original? The original. Trace Russian. The original. Uh, the original. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the cover songs that I really prefer. I like the that. We were just talking about that. We were talking about "Killing Me Softly." It's like. Better than oh, I don't know like than the foodies. Yeah, yes. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's timeless. I'm just it's that's one of the songs I just got tired of hearing. Oh, yeah, like I, I have a that. list of songs that. Have like, you, do you remember the original though? Yeah, I have a list of songs that like black people look at me like I'm crazy when I say I'm just tired of hearing them. Like we nothing against talk, them. We were just talk about this too. Nothing <laughs> against them, but like we talk about this. Maze before I left go. I never need to hear it again. What? Say that again? Maze before I left though. Oh. Frankie Beverly never need to hear it again. Oh my God. Nothing against it. Yeah, we just been talking about her from the fire. Like, <laughs> so, we don't need to. It's so funny that you say that though. Yeah. We were just talking about like, like uh, reasons. No, not reasons. Yeah, uh, September. September. Played September. out. Yeah. Boogie Wonderland played out. Yo, they're not even black. Like one. No, those are not black. One state. One state. One state surpassed black classes and become like right. white uh, classics. Right. Right. <laughs> I took myself to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert like in the early 2000s, and those are the only two songs white people stood up for. Man, like the, oh, the whole concert was mostly white people, and then they stood up for September and Boogie Wonderland. Crazy. And I was, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But obviously, Earth, Wind, and Fire legends and incredible. Right, definitely. <laughs> Put that for the rest. Rest in peace, Maurice White. Definitely. But if you uh, had a song to pick off of, um... some of our new album was actually recorded in Earth, Wind, and Fire studio. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying if you had, if you had to pick a song off uh, the music album to play, you know, for the show. Uh, mine, mine is um, one, four, three. Okay. Uh, it's, it's obviously not the. Well, first, well, average person will probably accept the dopest song on there, but sing along, sing along levels, level times, times ten thousand. Okay. And Teron, if you, if you had to pick an album to discuss, uh, Stevie Wonder, Innovations. Wow, okay. Go ahead. Innovations. Okay. Why that album in particular? It's just perfect. Okay. From, I mean, it's, that, it's, that it's, whole, it's not even. It's that whole seventies it? period is perfect. It's like ten songs. Right. I like when I did the mustard album. Right. That's the album I mirrored. That I wanted it to be like an inner visions. You know what I mean? Like we don't have too many it's bad that, songs from that era. It's like it's like the it's it's such a short, succinct album. Okay. Perfect. You know what I mean? And then it starts off uh, with too high. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like just it's just perfect. Okay. 
And then obviously like the storytelling song, the living is just living, Man, living just for the city. Living for the right. city. Um, obviously uh, visions and Crazy. Uh, Mr. Know It All. Right. Don't worry about a thing. Right. That's all on that same album. That's yeah, on the same album. And yeah. I didn't even say higher ground yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was just one of those albums that uh, just blew my mind. Period. I don't feel like I don't feel like Living for the City gets like the respect it deserves. Hell no. Like people that don't shit talk was the about message. that song. That shit was the message before the right. message. Right. Yeah, people don't talk about that when they talk about like his best song. Talking about getting set up by the it cops. It played a lot though. Right. What'd you say? It played a lot though. Did it? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, they did. The music wouldn't exist without Stevie. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so I was I was I was really racking my brain. I was either gonna say that, like Water for Chocolate, but I'm you know I'm gonna go with uh, Stevie Wonder Individuals. Okay. That's my album. And if you had to pick a song to play from that album, uh, it probably have to be Too High. Okay. That's just the. Right. That shit's nuts. Either that or Visions, and that's because Genuine sampled it, and I want people to be like, oh, yeah. Right. Right. Timberland yeah. did that for him, right? Right. Right. Have I called you while you were working just to say Left messages on your answer machine about three or four times a day There aren't many more ways and words that I can say so I'll just say numerically From my heart to you One, four, three Oh 
Thank you. 
so much right yeah and that's why we really take our time and really explore what it is we're talking about like because we'll talk about something and make a song about it but then we'll have conversations about that same topic like did we miss anything did we learn right. anything from that like because like, you know we don't want to just be up here talking and we didn't learn nothing you know what i'm saying we want to be able to actually have a conversation in depth about what it is we do you know what right. i'm saying right. so because we fit, because we figured everybody else was already doing that. <laughs> everybody else is talking about it. We better start talking about it more. We need to. We need to have more to say about our music than other people. Right. Yep. Okay. So, with like no two of your projects sounding the same, is that like an intentional thing? No. Oh. Okay. No. And that's the thing. That's uh, nah. Not really. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not to say that we don't want it to sound like something. Mm -hmm. It's usually... Because if you can think about it, like there's always a... For every... I'm not even going to get into the science, but you already know what I was going to say. You know what I'm saying? There is a, there's a, there's a formula. Okay. We do have a formula. Um, but it's definitely a lot of experiment, You know, experimentation, just, you know, whatever feels good. You know what I'm saying? And also trying to do shit that we've never done. Sometimes right. it is intentional, where it's like, "Yo, let's step out and do something." But for the most part, I think I think it's unconscious. Yeah, I mean, I think there is. Uh, I mean, it's unconscious, definitely. I think there is a um, like there is a feeling that you you're able to recognize that once you get that feeling, you know, you're onto something. Right. You know. And that's the thing. That's what it is. Is knowing what the feeling is, and being like, "Well, it don't sound like the feeling, but it feel like the feeling." Well, right. Fuck it. We gotta keep it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. Not just not lying 
yeah. on the music. Yeah. And then that feels it's going to sound different always because yeah. we're always learning. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. How is it kind of like that you were always learning that you kind of like reinvent yourself while still like maintaining, you know, your vision, if you will? Shit, we still live in the hood. Okay. You said how do we maintain the vision? <laughs> like, but you still reinvent yourself like oh, musically and creatively. Yeah, I mean, um, learning and also picking up an instrument and playing, you know what I'm saying? Like, where you're still you, you're just learning something new to add to it. Yeah. It's like... You didn't lose the colors, you just gained new ones. And it allows you to paint a more a, a, a more vivid picture, if you want. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just we've gained so much control over like what it is that we do naturally. And now we're picking up certain unnatural things and we're adding it to it. And it's, it's just making it a whole different dish. Like... You know what I'm saying? Like, you could start with the main ingredient, but the main ingredient, no matter how much you cut it, dice it, add stuff to it, it's still there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. kind of what we, uh, like, to describe it, using the cafeteria yeah. line ideals. Yeah. It's really just on some, where it's, it's food. You don't want to, we don't want to serve the same food. Once we, once we serve you a burger and you like that burger, it's like, okay, we can keep hitting you with burgers and try to perfect the wheel, right. try to perfect the burger. Or we can learn something else and then maybe come back to a burger and then it's just way crazy right. because we done learned something else, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, or, you know, we'll give you like six different burgers on the next project, but we'll give you that same burger from the last project, like a couple just of the so same you, burgers. Just, just <laughs> so, so you remember that. We know you like, we know you like that, but we don't exactly. So with like the rules changing all the time, it seems like, of like releasing music like in a digital landscape, like how have you guys had to adapt from, you know, earlier points of your career to, I guess, where you are now? I think um, this has all been a learning process. I think it's not so much different. It's just that it's more of it. Like, because we came in, we started our career through the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's always been through social media. It's always been through connecting same, those same ways. Just the vehicles, the social media vehicles have shifted over time. Right. And how you go about using those have shifted. And the frequency at which you have to use them in order to, you know, have a, maintain the presence. It seems to be all the same shit. Yeah. You know, it's put shit out, give the music to the people. Okay. Make give the product good. to the people. The reason why... Amazon is the shit right now is because they're getting directly to the people. Right. You don't have to go to the store anymore. You don't have to park. You don't have to deal with all of this. It's just the easiest way is to just get it to the people is what it seems like. Right. So I think that's why, um, that's what's kind of inspired us to just remain independent the whole time. Right. It's just, there's nothing like talking to the people yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, and um obviously ad adapting to the ways of the world like mm -hmm. you still want to have Instagram you still want to be in the zeitgeist of what of how to get to the people because that's going to change right but it's a it's a it's a growing process yeah really okay so uh, finally what are your plans for 2018 like musically uh, we have another project coming out okay um, we have a couple projects coming out actually okay um a lot of side projects, a lot of, and then obviously working on the next Toronto Nail album, which we've already started. Um, we're hitting the road in March. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of 
More a lot content. of this album, a lot of people hearing this album and being like, yo, that shit's amazing. Yeah, we're going to be having this conversation with a lot of people next year. <laughs> right. Okay. Just really trying right. to... Glad because I was early. I, yeah, because I realized that, you know, this album, the, the content in, in it is not something that our fans are typically used to coming from us. You know, it's, right. it's a little bit edgier. There's way more cursing in it. And, it's, and we curse way more regular life than we do in our music, typically, right. you know. You know, so it's it's important that we have this conversation, so people understand that it is a concept album. We're gonna do a TED talk next year too. That's what's up. It's going down. You know what I mean? Because I think that a lot of the themes that we've been exploring on these musically on these albums is like I think you know a lot of people can benefit from, especially people um, who are growing up and, and, and watching things change around them. And um, not losing your mind. I feel like a lot of people are losing their mind from like being on social media, comparing their behind the scenes to other people's highlight reel, and it's just really kind of doing the number on them. And I feel like that's I that ego check. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It's just, uh, next year's gonna be real fun. It's gonna be a lot of good music coming out next year, for sure. Tell the people where they can find you, you know, online. Yeah, go to TeronAndAlmari.net. Okay. Um, you know, you can catch us on Instagram, find all of that on there. Just go to TeronAndAlmari.net. Everything is there. Everything's there. All right, thank y'all for coming through. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right.